0: All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca podcast. We had, well, the, we lost the music sound there for a second. Now we've got that. All right. Welcome back to the Boca podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz. <laughs> it is Friday. Fortunately, it's Friday. And uh, it looks like right now we've got everything working like it should be for the time being. Uh, thanks for joining us today. For those of you who are live streaming with us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Boca podcast, or facebook.com slash podcast. Please don't hesitate to join in the conversation. You can comment, ask questions along the way, send us funny emojis if you want to, but feel free to, to engage in the conversation. would love for this to be a group conversation. We're touching on a really important topic today, and I don't want anybody to miss any of what we are discussing. For those of you that are listening to the audio version of this after the fact, we do live stream every single Boca podcast episode. And um, you can go back and see the replays at youtube.com slash Boca podcast. You can subscribe and turn on notifications there as well to keep up to date with the upcoming episodes and uh, and then join us for the next live streams as well. Uh, As I promised that one other note here before I introduce my guest and and talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing today. Uh, as i promised before every single episode i I made a a small donation to charity water charity water is the organization that i like to give to but i just want to use this as an opportunity to encourage you to to give back to your local community to national organizations international organizations in fact uh, the gentleman i'm about to introduce is uh, a a friend of sean lee who we had on the podcast a little while back And Sean really encouraged me in this realm to to look for opportunities to give back. And so I wanna do the same thing for you all, take advantage of those opportunities. It's amazing how even just a little bit of money can go a long, long ways. And uh, so look for those opportunities if you will. All right, enough of the introduction and um, we'll actually tone the music back down now. And I wanna introduce my guest for today. Chris Jones is here with me. Chris, thanks so much for hanging out with us today for the special edition of the Boca podcast. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh no, it's absolutely my privilege, and um, and and I feel this especially honestly when we do these brand position consultations. And this is what this I, I mentioned special edition for anybody who's new to the podcast. Every once in a while, we have the opportunity to do a brand position consultation. I'll explain what that is here in just a second, uh, but. Anytime a photographer is willing to do this with us live now that we do these live streams as well, I, I especially appreciate it because I know you're kind of putting yourself out there a little bit. We're talking about your brand and p- ways to improve your brand. Uh, that's a little bit on the vulnerable side. I just appreciate you willing to have the conversation as I expressed to you, Chris, before we get started, it really one of the major reasons, in addition to hopefully helping you in some way, one of the reasons that we do these shows is to help give a little bit of context and guidance to this topic about brand position to the industry, because it's not a topic that's discussed a whole lot in the industry. Had you heard much about this prior to our conversation?
1: Not so much as uh, a brand position, as much as uh, telling your story um, mm. as you know your brand story. And I've always kind of wanted to dive more into that. I, I've noticed that you and I have read some of the same books um, about that and yeah. Um, but uh, as far as a brand position and your local brand position, I had not heard much about that, no.
0: Well, and, and you may be alluding to building a story brand, Donald Miller, is that one of the books that you've read? Yeah, yes. I have as well. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful book.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I, I have always been about building my brand around my ideal client mm. and so to, and, you know, being a commercial photographer, a headshot photographer, um, telling their story in one one twenty fifth of a second increments is is <laughs> the way I like to describe yeah. you know
0: what I do. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, and what we're going to talk about today for anybody who's listening in who doesn't have contacts, we are going to be talking about brand position, how to establish a clear and distinct brand position in our local marketplace in order to stand out more effectively. I told Chris that I was going to just briefly explain brand position to our audience. And I'm going to do that real quick, Chris, here, if that's right with you. And and really, brand position is pretty straightforward. I think the terminology that's used in many cases in the world of business is value proposition. And that is what a brand position is. It's very simply a unique, hopefully unique, value proposition that your business represents in the marketplace. And the benefits, um, at least as I've established them, are fourfold. Number one, it enables potential clients to immediately know that unique value proposition. When they land on your website, they should see that value proposition, that brand position statement immediately. And we'll talk about what that might look like here in just a little bit. Number two, it filters irrelevant potential clients. Chris just mentioned his target market. And one of the goals with a an effective brand position statement is to filter out those who land on the site who actually aren't relevant to that site. SEO does a little bit of the job of getting the right people to the right place, but then if they land on that site, they happen not to be a fit. We want to go ahead and send them along their way and uh, only keep those who are relevant to the value proposition being offered. Number three, it simplifies and focuses marketing efforts. And this is important because there's so many different directions we can go as professional photographers, Uh, wedding photographers, for example, have again, so many different directions. They could go within that genre, simplifying the marketing efforts, having a particular niche and focus. Uh, ultimately does simplify, I should say, the marketing efforts, because we're focusing on one particular thing. Rather than three or four or five different messages, we focus on one message, driving that message home uh, in a variety of ways. So it simplifies and focuses our marketing efforts. And the fourth benefit is that it encourages better time management. And this plays along with that notion of simplifying marketing efforts. Again, if we have three or four different messages to try to communicate to our market, our local marketplace, whether through networking events or social media or ads or otherwise, then that takes more time to actually carry out. If we are, if we have a primary focus, an individual focus, a niche down focus, then it helps us manage time more effectively because once that message is out there, we've, we've essentially done our job and we just continue to repeat that process in a variety of ways. So it helps encourage better time management. But on that note, Chris, I want to come back to you because I, first of all, want to make sure that we introduce you to uh, our audience and. Chris is a photographer based uh, in the Detroit area, Troy, Michigan specifically, is that right?
1: Uh, No, I'm actually in Plymouth, Michigan, which is the other side of Detroit. Okay, (laughs) you
0: can see I know Detroit really, really well. When when I was doing a little bit of market research, and we're gonna talk about this in a bit, um, for your competition in the area, I was looking at where, I think I found an address there on your website and where that was placed. And, and I thought it was in the greater Detroit area. So I immediately simplified in my mind. But thanks for the clarification. And, yeah, I, um,
1: I'm exactly halfway between Ann Arbor and Detroit, okay. and Detroit. And Troy is north of Detroit. So I, my market actually hits both Ann Arbor and Detroit. Interesting.
0: So, okay. Yeah. What is the, maybe for context too, and this is kind of interesting to consider, what is the, do you know offhand the general population of Detroit and Ann Arbor as well?
1: You know, I do not know. Okay. <laughs> you and, probably, you might know better than I do. And we could
0: even do a quick Google search. It's just not that big of a deal. I was just curious. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting to consider when we're looking in a marketplace. Detroit is plenty big. Lots of opportunity there. So there's no need mm-hmm. to go outside of that. Uh, but in some cases, some photographers might be in a smaller marketplace, and if there is a limited population, there's a limited marketplace. And so there's opportunity to maybe expand that to a region or even a state, depending on where they're based. You know, M- Montana has limited population, so they might want to broaden things a little bit if they're in a smaller town. Uh, but nonetheless, in your case, Detroit area, and you've got a lot of potential business there. ChrisJonesHeadshots.com mm-hmm. for anybody listening in or watching. and uh, And then on Instagram, it is... Picture dude, p i c h u r e d u d e. I have to at least, and we'll come back to this, but I have to at least get your your story, the backstory on how you came up with this handle.
1: Sure, there is a backstory on that too. Okay, <laughs> um, so I was many moons ago in a previous life, I was a school photographer. Okay, and I would present myself when i would go into the school i would i would say never fear pitcher dude is here and that's (laughs) kind of how i came up with that and at the time there wasn't a such thing as instagram there wasn't really anything that i needed a handle for but i did use it uh on my ebay account and so it stuck there and then when when uh instagram came along pitcher dude was available and i
0: used it (laughs) <laughs> I love the backstory and we'll come back to that a little bit, you know, there's, there's something I, I love the, the humor innate to that immediately when, when you see that name and it probably makes some people kind of wonder a little bit. It certainly made me wonder a little bit. There might be opportunity to play off that, or if, if depending on the target market and ultimately the messaging that you land on for your brand, there might be opportunity to look for a handle that's more relevant to what it is that you're trying to accomplish with your brand. So we can come back to that, talk about it in just a little bit. Um, but. We, we already talked about your marketplace. Talk to me just a little bit at this point, and, and at your your website already really states it. The URL states it. But what is your specialty as a photographer, as a professional photographer?
1: So I'm a commercial photographer, um, and the foundation of that is going to be headshots. Um, but I also do some product uh, and some branding photos, uh, you know, for content for different websites and and material for uh, programs. Um, and then I also do some real estate, um, and some product photography.
0: Okay. So there's quite a bit of mix, but this is a great segue actually to my next question, which is, and and by the way, for context, for everybody listening in and certainly for you, Chris, but the reason for these questions is we're trying to kind of get a, a collective picture of what the brand is doing, what it's, what, what you're trying to do with the brand, where, what direction you want to go in. Um, And that helps us give context to what messaging might be most relevant. Because one of the things, and you may have seen this, Chris, with your experience in the photography industry as well, a lot of times photographers get super creative and they come up with some cute little tagline and they put it through social media or they put it on their website. And the reality is, and you can see this pretty quick in some cases, the tagline doesn't mean a whole lot to the actual brand itself. They say one thing, but they may be photographing something else. It's easy to come up with a tagline, a cute tagline. It's another thing to come up with a tagline that's actually, one, relevant to the brand. Uh, two, reflective of what it is that you want as an individual, as a, as a business owner. And then three, as we're going to talk about a, a message that, is, um, that, that resonates with that target market, that speaks to a value proposition that they can relate to, that they want and ultimately then want to, to buy. They're, they're converted as customers more effectively as a result. So um, that's, that's kind of the, the reasoning for all these questions, just to give context to yourself and to our listeners. But with all of those different types of photography that you offer, the services that you offer within the realm of commercial photography, what does the percentage breakdown look like? What are you shooting most of versus the others? I would
1: say it's probably close to eighty percent headshots, okay. um, and a specifically individual boutique headshots. Hmm. Um, and I would like to expand that more into volume headshots. Okay, um, it go, you know, as companies open up, I mean, we're in an odd time now. <laughs> yeah, and as companies open up, I would like to get more phone calls uh, about volume headshots. Come in and do a whole group. OK, um,
0: and by the way, as, as you as you as we're talking, you may see me look down I don't want you to think. I'm like playing with my phone. I'm actually taking notes here. So you, you mentioned the word sure. boutique, uh, but then you also mentioned the word volume, which is an, an interesting kind of combination of words. So give a little bit more context. What would this look like in your mind as, as a model?
1: So uh, as boutique headshots go um, and I think them think of them more as uh, a branding uh, headshot than saying a boutique you know head and shoulders headshot
0: okay
1: um i can go out on location i can do uh you know provide a lot of headshots for for branding content i have packages for that Um, and then on the flip side of that every company these days are asking their employees whether they're in person or they are virtual Mm. to have headshots so they can include that with their email or I don't know if you've ever noticed on your, your, uh, zoom meetings that they've got, if you're not on camera, they have a a headshot of you. You need it for that. You need it. Uh, and so companies are asking for that and they're having photographers come in Mm. to photograph, you know, a lot of people all at one time.
0: Hmm. So, And this is interesting, and I'm not going to mention names here, I mean, just in general with your competition, but interestingly enough, one of the things that I noticed when I did a search for, because I I focused on headshots in the Detroit marketplace, headshot photographers, one of the results that came up um, was actually not an individual photographer as much as a, and again, I don't want to give too much away here or give them too much credit, but they're... There was a company that was offering an internal solution for the very thing that you were you were talking about so they were using a third-party company to provide a hardware solution that would enable the the company employees to get their headshots done very quickly and easily Uh, and you know this is something that we all face honestly as professional photographers which is that technology as it continues to progress it's going to make it a lot easier for that so-called technology to be utilized um, and in some cases, maybe not necessarily replaced, but certainly make it easier for someone to be able to get a photograph and a good photograph even without necessarily having to book a photographer, or call a photographer, an established professional photographer who might charge a premium. So it's interesting to consider that that is a little bit of what you're competing against in that marketplace. And so when you talk about the potential for having a volume model, I think it's really fascinating uh, on multiple levels. But ultimately it, it, it acknowledges whether it was intentional or not. It acknowledges the reality, which is that you are in a marketplace now because of technology, um, where you're going to have to be a little bit more competitive. And if you can come up with a solution that enables you to photograph at a higher volume at a price point, that still makes sense to, to maintain a sustainable business model, then that mm-hmm. actually might be a really smart move. And by the way, I didn't see anybody else playing in that space, individual photographers, I didn't see anybody else playing in that space. So, um, I, I think this is really interesting if you don't mind sharing a little bit what would that look like i mean if you describe the scene you talk about having a large number of people photographed at once how does that actually work
1: so um how it has worked for me in the past um is we book for a a day half day depending on how many people there are Um, i come in i either set up on a uh, environmental background or i bring in a background um, and just a couple of lights and I would take, you know, five to seven photos of each individual person okay. and they would select the one that they would want to have retouched. I retouched the image. Um, and then I have them delivered back to the company within 48 hours. Wow. Um, or if they want them delivered immediately yeah. as I walk out the door, there is a upcharge for that. Sure.
0: Okay. This is brilliant already. I mean, and, and, honestly, like you're setting yourself up and you're making my job easy to, to be honest as well, when we're talking about creating a distinct brand position in your marketplace, and I can say this already because I've done the research and we'll bring this up here in just a little bit, but looking at your competition, you're describing a model. And especially if you lead with a strong message relating to that model and then actually follow through on it again, like we were talking about, it's, it's one thing to say something it's another thing to do it. If you deliver on that, and, and lead with a really strong message, you're, you're golden. I mean, it seems, it seems like a brilliant model. So let, we'll, we'll, we'll let that sit for a second, but I'm already excited. Um, let's, let's keep going and for a little bit though and talk about just a little bit, what you feel makes your, at this stage anyway, your current business model, current website, et cetera, what makes your photography unique to those in the marketplace, the other headshot photographers in your marketplace?
1: As a, uh, as we're talking about volume, I guess is one place I'd like to start is I, you're going to talk about consistency. Um, I've been doing uh, this type of volume photography now through schools. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm a trained school photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been doing that for over 20 years. So I'm used to photographing, um, you know, a school and doing 100 200 300 students in a day and then come back in three months and produce the same exact image Hmm. uh, for them for their yearbook okay um and still so it's very comparable uh and then as far as my boutique work um or my branding work um i offered a location i think a lot of uh, my competition in this area may not have a studio to work out of hmm. yeah. um, the, I think that I, I think that a lot of headshot photographers are uh, entry-level photographers I'm a certified professional photographer Okay. Uh, through PPA, mm-hmm. um, and I went through all the training to do that. I'm mm-hmm. working on my my craftsman degree. Um, cool. I don't know if that makes a whole lot of sense to a whole lot of watchers or viewers, but uh, sure. uh, another time we could talk about that. But um, you know, I'm I'm going through the I've gone through the the training or the years of training to be a more seasoned photographer, which I don't feel like maybe my competition has done. Uh, They may have gone through a specific training um, by uh, another system, but uh, I've done what I've done um, on my, not necessarily on my own, but to be a professional photographer, I can do pretty much anything. Yeah, and how long uh, have you been in
0: the industry, by the way, I don't think I asked that.
1: So I went to the Ohio Institute of Photography and graduated in 1987.
0: No way. That's awesome. Okay.
1: And so uh, in one form or another, I've sold cameras, I've shot, um, I've been involved since 1987. I've been shooting professionally on a daily basis since uh,
0: 1999. Okay. Okay. Wow, so you've got all kinds of experience to speak of. And it's an interesting thing too, because by the way, I started in photography, my first wedding I photographed in 2001, so not too long after you started. And um, I, I remember even back in that day, and in fact, I, I was all of 21 years old or something like that when I first started. Super young, inexperienced, uh, didn't have a lot of context to photography or running a business, I just kind of jumped in. And I ended up of course learning a lot, But in that, I came into I, I, in the Chattanooga, Tennessee market and a pretty traditional market. And at the time, relatively competitive, not, not, not super intense, like you might see in a much bigger market, but relatively competitive, but certainly a traditional market. And I, I think because of my lack of experience, honestly, I was, I was looked down on. Um, maybe other reasons as well, but uh, that was an interesting, it was a factor that played, I think, more significant a role back at that point than it might now the reality is that a lot of our potential clients on the professional level may be a little bit different when you're talking about corporate clients it might be a little bit different Um, the reality in this day and age is that most potential clients aren't asking for a certification they're not not asking for an experience level and in some cases that may be detrimental that they're not aware of the lack of experience that that their potential photographer might have Uh, and and we know that from from the stories the horror stories that we've heard unfortunately but the flip side of that is when we're looking at it as an opportunity, we're talking about brand position and a way to more effectively market our, our businesses experience can play a role potentially in a conversation, again, especially in a professional market, like you're working in, working with corporate clients, commercial clients, and ultimately headshot clients. Um, but I would say that it's not as important, um, a distinction when it comes to trying to convert a potential client, what they're going to be looking at. They're going to certainly look at the quality of your work, uh, but they're going to be looking for an experience and again what you're already describing is i am really really excited to get to the actual messaging piece of this because i think you're you're on something that is not just great for the sake of you just being able to come up with a clear and distinct brand position but ultimately a business model that's going to help you stand out in that marketplace too so i I just wanted to kind of mention that because it's it's an interesting thing i've seen kind of both sides of the coin i've been the young inexperienced guy coming into a brand new market and saw what it was like to be in the market in that context. And then I gained experience. I ultimately was president of our local PPA Guild um, and gained experience as a photographer and developed technical knowledge. And now we're in this marketplace, you know, 20 or so years later, and I'm seeing what role experience plays and then doesn't play as well. And it's an interesting kind of dichotomy right. that, that exists at, at right. the moment. Nonetheless, I think the experience.
1: Oh, I think experience, um, plays more into your business, at least in my end of the the industry, plays more into your business experience than Mm -hmm. it does into your photography experience. I've trained many, 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 uh, certified professional photographers over the last couple of years. Okay. Um, and taught them, you know, the information that's on the test and we've gone through the technical image of, uh, you know, evaluations, that type of thing. And I've taught them that, but when it comes down to, uh, business, a lot of a lot of people are unaware that the inexperienced photographers run around without any insurance they're ah, running around yeah. without any licensing yeah they're run and that's to me it's not necessarily a requirement for a certified professional photographer sure. but it is part of the integrity of mm. a certified professional photographer that makes sense. i carry business insurance i carry my licensing i keep yep. that all up to date yep so yeah
0: that no, that's and that's a fair and It is a good reminder too, especially for those listening in or watching who are new photographers. Keep all your your eyes uh, dotted and your T's crossed when it comes to that stuff. It's, you talk about insurance. I mean, it, we we it's a rare occurrence where a photographer has to utilize their insurance, especially in a liability level. But if we don't have that in place, that rare occurrence could ultimately really bite us hard and and potentially right, ta- right, potentially yeah. take our business down. So, I, I will say too, just a little side note. Um, it, or uh, equipment insurance, I, I was able to, 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 leverage multiple times over, we worked with state farm and this is not a, a commercial for state farm by any means, but we actually had a really great experience with state farm. I lost or had a lens stolen or broken twice, maybe three times. And I, they, they issued checks for those so quickly. It, it was mm. mind blowing actually, but to have that peace of mind that, you know, if something happens and it rarely happened, we super, I was just super particular with my gear. Uh, But if it happens, you've got that in place to to cover you financially, it's it's so important. Obviously the liability piece is huge as well, but uh, I'm glad that you highlight that. Let me keep going though too, because uh, one of the things that we have to consider when we're talking about a brand position, again, it's easy to come up with a cute phrase or something that sounds compelling and really creative. It's another thing to come up with a position statement that actually resonates with what our clients want. Um, a lot of times as photographers, uh, and I'm just speaking generally here to our audience, as photographers, it's it's easy to get a little bit fixated, and I'll speak for personal experience too, on what we like, what we want, and not take into consideration what the client actually needs, what they actually want, and then come up with messaging that speaks to that, and then in a service that backs it up. So to that end, Chris, I'm curious, from your experience, what would you say are your customers two or three biggest pain points? Um,
1: I think, Uh, depending on the client, um, number one, it's going to be content. They are going to need to have a amount of content that they're going to be able to use frequently. Um, and they don't have to think about doing that themselves. Mm. So, uh, you know, having a a catalog of content, that's where my branding photography comes into play or my commercial photography comes into play. Okay. Um, product, some products, depending on the client. Um, I think also the, the major thing that is kind of across the board is engagements on social media and with their websites. Um, I get comment after comment after comment on my boutique headshots that I got 80 in, in 24 hour periods, I got 80 interactions on Facebook. Yeah. I got, you know, so many interactions on, uh, you know, Instagram just by posting my my new profile picture. Sure. sure. So I think that's a huge thing. Uh, people are used to putting up uh, selfies and they don't get great interaction from those.
0: Hmm. OK, so that makes sense. So a, a solution, first of all, that that takes care of that that pain point, which is that they need fresh headshots on a relatively regular basis. Um, and then also ultimately the quality of headshot that leads to better engagement um that's those are the two main pain points that makes sense and and it sounds like you're already actively touching on those or or serving those needs but uh, we'll come back to that too as it relates to especially the the fast piece here in just a little bit talk to me a little bit about uh and again we're we're talking about a brand position which, which ultimately means a business model at the end of the day if we're actually following through on that brand position Um, So it's important that we build a brand position that is a reflection of what it is that we're trying to accomplish individually and as photography business owners, right? Um, That's important, too. So talk to me a little bit about what's driven you as a photographer. Why did you even get into photography in the first place? (laughs) Um,
1: As far as actually photographing portraits, I really didn't want to be a portrait photographer. Um, Really? No, no. I, I had a friend that I was working in a camera store with uh back in the late 90s um and he knew how much i really was not wanting to do the holidays anymore Hmm. in in retail um i was a store manager and i was working my way through uh, the corporate ladder that way um but i really was not happy with having to do holidays so my friend cliff invited me into uh, a fairly large school portrait company um and i said i told him at that time i would give it a year um and i loved it because i was i was doing a new project about every 3 months mm-hmm. new type of photography every mm-hmm. 3 months we mm-hmm. would change things up mm-hmm. and that was very exciting to me mm-hmm. um but along the way what has kept kept me connected in that realm um was there was a number of times where i photographed and this is kind of sad um i photographed a student's last photo um Mm -hmm. i was i photographed several of the virginia tech uh massacre Mm -hmm. students and you would see their photos on the tv and i was like Mm -hmm. i i took that photo wow um and so that kind of like it struck a struck something in me that you know you're not just pushing a button. You're not just yeah. there for that one, yeah. one twenty-fifth of a second on the other end of that picture. It's, it's a lifetime. Um, and so that kind of is my ultimate. Why my long-term why um, as far as what I'm doing now, I enjoy helping business owners uh, grow their business. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, uh, you know, branding photographer, photography, and, uh, headshots are a huge part of people's uh, growing people's business, mm-hmm. um, and it, it establishes trust. Um, if you have a a uh, a current headshot that's a compelling headshot, um, that people look at that headshot and they go and meet you in person and it is the same person Mm. um, not someone from 10 years ago yeah Um, yeah. it establishes in the real estate industry i hear it all the time it establishes trust for your client Mm. Um, they want they want to see what you look like now um, as opposed to you know what you don't look like 10
0: years ago or did look like 10 years ago well it sounds like you're in the right space though too you you talked earlier about the idea of variety, the enjoyment of variety, of working on a variety of projects. What's interesting in doing headshots now in the corporate space is whether it's every five minutes or you know, maybe every couple of days, if you're working with an individual branding client for a, for a business, a small business. You have the opportunity for a fresh project a new a new portrait and you're engaging with a different personality and that constant variety is is actually really interesting it's compelling to think about i used to to photograph um school portraits as well i actually worked for a corporation that did that but i had the opportunity to have you know child after child in front of me photographing them so i have an idea of what that's like um and that's that's actually kind of compelling the other thing you talked about is making that impact and to think about how you can impact somebody, not only at a business level, you talked earlier about the engagement, the amount of engagement that you can encourage or increase even by presenting a, a beautiful headshot that re- is, is truly a reflection of the personality, who they are. Uh, but to also have the ability to interact individually with somebody, uh, mm-hmm. whether it's a short conversation or one that lasts an hour or two, uh, that's pretty cool too. I don't know, I, right. I think back in hindsight, because I don't photograph full-time anymore, I did for about 10 years and I have other businesses I'm focused on at the moment, but um, when I think back, even as a wedding photographer, to the like, and it sounds cliche, but the privilege that I had working in weddings, photographing families and, and truly being a part of the family for that day, the fact that we're allowed in, whether in your case it's an individual conversation with somebody who is trusting you to, to photograph their portrait, or in my case where I got to, to interact with families and spend 10, 12 hours with them, even more in some cases, Uh, it's a pretty cool thing that we get let into these situations
1: right and people get to be vulnerable with you Mm. if you work your conversations well yes um even in a short period of time uh people will be vulnerable with you and i I enjoy that type of interaction i like with people i am a people person Mm. to a degree (laughs) a lot of (laughs) photographers a lot of i fall into that category where a lot of photographers are extroverted introverts um and what that means to me it all it means to me is that i like being with people when they're being real with me Mm. and you know if i can you know if i can encourage that in just a short period of time um, or with my boutique sessions they may even last a couple of hours um, in that case then I'm encouraging it there uh, for a longer period of time you know I get yeah. I've, I've developed some closer friendships that way just mm-hmm. by being a, them being one of my clients being in front of the camera
0: that's cool so, yeah that's cool yeah you're making me want to have my portrait done by you. I, I'm very much, I'm very much like you in that I, I, don't, I don't have a whole lot of patience for those fake conversations, fake interaction. I'm like, let's, let's actually be real here. Let's not, let's stop trying to put on a show. Let's just engage in a conversation. We were talking about this before we went live today, actually. which, which is that, even in this podcast, I make a genuine effort and attempt to have genuine conversation. Um, and in fact, in some ways, it's kind of ironic to, to even say that because we shouldn't have to work to have genuine conversation. We should be able to just talk, you know, to, to put ourselves out there. And, right. and there are all these different reasons for why we, why we don't. But um, I, I love that you're driven by that. And I'm sure that your, your clients experience of that and ultimately the portraits are a reflection of that. And of course, the interesting challenge for you now is to continue to maintain that if you go this direction of a volume business and you're working a little bit more quickly, Um, it's kind of a fun puzzle to figure out, which is how do I maintain some type of personal interaction within the context of this business model, which is volume, which is all about speed, uh, and efficiency. Mm -hmm. And that'll be a really, really fun little challenge to take on now your current brand position, or do you have a current brand position? If if you were to name that, what would it be?
1: I don't honestly don't know that I could put a finger on and name my brand position. Okay, I probably no have one. You could probably recognize it better than <laughs> than I know what it is. Well, um, let me but... actually jump
0: to your site. So uh, on your website here, I see, and for anybody listening in who missed this earlier, chrisjonesheadshots.com, just like it sounds, pretty easy. And, of course, we'll link to this in the show notes at bocopodcast.com. Uh, but, Chris, you have Build Your Brand with Professional Headshots. So you're speaking to the significance of building a brand, um, and it's more of a concept than it is like a call to action uh, it, it, you are presenting a value proposition, though, and that you're enabling to, them to build a brand. So it's actually a pretty strong position statement. We always want to make sure that the position statement carries over to social media, really everywhere. And, and, and of course, then with the service as well, that the experience reflects the message consistently uh, in all interactions with a client or a potential client. On your social media account, Instagram, uh, PitcherDude, Detroit-based commercial photographer. So you're speaking to the... Uh, the commercial piece there, and then if we go to Chris Jones headshots, um, it looks like well, it looks like that link isn't live at the moment. But Pitcher dude, you've got you're speaking to the to the commercial piece. So as far as current messaging goes, that's where we're at. What are you what are you looking for in kind of maybe revamping and refining the message? What what do you hope to get out of that?
1: I think um, as we talked about earlier, I think it's uh, important to let my clients know um that part of the the major part of the experience is after uh they get their picture taken the interaction uh that they get from having their their headshot done or having uh you know the uh, having me come into your company and having headshots done for uh your people uh provides an interaction at the end on the end game um and that is part of that that whole um, experience, and I don't believe that I um, that I convey that through my website or through my my Instagram. Hmm. Okay, and I don't have a a business uh, page it's just at picture dudes my only now i have a business facebook page okay which as of today is totally different i had to sit back and take a few minutes to figure out because it, it's changed with their new name i'm like sure. this looks weird <laughs> i've never seen it this way before sure. so um i and it's not the way it was designed it, it the and the way it is now it, it doesn't do anything for me so i don't hmm. know i have to take a look at that so for know- all of you out there that are working with a business page, a Facebook page, take a look at it today because as of today, it's different than it was yesterday.
0: Interesting. Okay, yeah, you've got my curiosity peaked now. Uh, Chris Jones Headshots, the Instagram handle, did you used to own that or do you still have access to that? I don't think I've ever had that. Okay, it's linked from your from your current, from the Pitcher Dude profile. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional It may or be not. trying to link
1: to my... Uh, Facebook page? Ah, okay, got it. Because I do have a Chris Jones headshots Facebook page.
0: And you know, at the very least, this is something I do. I'm a little bit of a nerd with this stuff. But anytime I'm working on a new brand, one of the things that I'll do is I'll buy up a bunch of domain names. Um, of course, I'll try to buy the .com name, but I'll also buy the .net and the .org and the .us and the you know at least probably four or five different variations on it, just to make sure I cover the bases. And when it comes to social media, of course, because of its significance now, it'd probably be good, even if you're not actively using it, to go ahead and try to go grab that handle on Instagram. Um, I would actually recommend moving in that direction. We'll go and talk about this now. When I think about your brand as a professional headshot brand, where you're interacting with corporations, with, with uh, entrepreneurs, professionals, just in general. Picture Dude is fun. And if, if you're trying to create a brand which reflects like a super fun, lively, kind of over the top experience, that, that handle might work. Um, in your case, I think the consistency of Chris Jones headshots across the board, if you have it for your website, you've got it for Facebook, but you don't have it for Instagram, it might be a little bit confusing. And I would want to shoot for consistency in that. Um, so if you don't have it and nobody else has it, I would go jump on that right away, you know, create the account on Instagram today. So you've got that at least have access to it. And then you can always set that up later if you decide to go that direction. Sure.
1: I just never done a whole lot with Instagram and I've put a lot okay. more weight on
0: LinkedIn. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And that that's a really great point too, especially in the corporate and professional world. Uh, I know that that does carry quite a bit of weight. Have you, have you run ads on LinkedIn? What's been your experience using LinkedIn? I'd be curious to hear.
1: It's really, uh, I use LinkedIn more as a, uh, one-on-one networking. Uh, when I do get out and do networking here in the, in the area and across, uh, actually in Ann, Ar- Ann Arbor or Detroit as well. Um, I just link one on one to people from LinkedIn. Um, okay. I I did reserve the Chris Jones headshots, and I put um, my uh, I did have put some stuff on there, but I haven't run any ads on on LinkedIn. Okay, I would imagine it's very comparable in price and procedure to Facebook.
0: Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm not sure. But th- that's interesting. And, and again, you make a good point and bring that up that LinkedIn is probably in, in some cases more relevant for corporate headshot work uh, than maybe even Instagram. Uh, Instagram probably plays a little bit more to weddings and portraits. Nonetheless, I, if, if I were you, I would at least grab that handle just to have it yeah. for the sake of consistency. And, and if you're going to post, even if you only post once or twice a week to there, and you're focusing the rest of your time on LinkedIn and Facebook, at least you'll have a presence there and everything is consistent across the board with, with that branding. I think that'll be really good. Um, so let me do this actually, I'm going to pull up, I I made a list, uh, and and this is something that I recommend to everyone who is looking to do research on brand position, establishing a clear, more distinct brand position is to go and research your local marketplace. And Chris, I think we actually did this in person. We were at Sean, uh, Sean's rock that conference. Um, and, we did this in person a little bit, but what I want to recommend to all of our listeners as well is if you're curious as to how you might be able to stand out, ask the questions and answer the questions that, that we just went over, uh, that Chris and I went over together. But then the other thing to do is to just very simply Google search. And what I did, Chris, uh, was to, to search, and I actually wrote this down here, headshots Detroit, Michigan. So very, very simple Google search and um, these are the results and of course i told you this before we got started and as i've mentioned here on the podcast before i'm not naming company names we're not throwing anybody under the bus here i'm just naming uh, or describing i should say uh, relating the copy the text that i see on the website the messaging that we see on the website and the reason to do this again for context for everybody listening in and watching is to develop awareness about the messaging that your competition is using. I love the idea of community over competition. I think our photography industry has grown up a lot over the last 20 years in that we're relating with each other and helping each other out and supporting each other. That's great. But at the end of the day, if we're going to be objective and and be true business owners, we have to recognize that the potential client doesn't know that they're just looking for the best possible solution. And so we have to be aware of what we're competing against in that context. And so to that end, do a very simple Google search. I would say the first three to four pages of results, when you search for the marketplace that you're in and the genre that you are wanting to work in, that's what you're going to want to click on and look. I don't click on the ads one because I feel bad costing any of these photographers money. Uh, but the other reason is because I want to see what organically is going to pop up what the, what the potential client organically is going to find as far as a result. I'm looking at the the Google Maps results, the first page of Google Maps results which have has become more uh, normal now in the search results, kind of pops up at the top of the page. And then I'm also looking at the regular listings as well. So, to that end, Chris, uh, I'm going to pop the screen on myself here or the camera on myself here for just a second and I'm going to read these off uh just as quickly as I can cuz there's a pretty long list, but I want to read these for your sake to give us context to the conversation. And so the first one that comes up is transforming. And by the way, most of these are on the homepage of the site. There were at least two or three that were elsewhere on the, on this website. There were certain photographers that had headshot. Photography as just an element of what they did in their business. It wasn't the only thing they did in their business. Nonetheless, here's the messaging, Uh, transforming Detroit's narrative through photography. That's interesting And, and not necessarily related to headshot photography, but interesting position statement, helping businesses build their brands. Okay. Uh, headshots that drive success was another one, make your vision reality. Um, and I'm just going to come in and, and bring the camera back to mm-hmm. you, Chris as well, this is one, and think maybe we talked about this when I was there in person, but it's it, for everybody listening in, I, I want to make a strong, strong recommendation to use copy, to write copy, to use words that don't have arbitrary meanings. And this kind of harkens back to what we were discussing earlier, cute phrases that sound creative and fun and to us makes, makes sense. But to the potential client, what does "make your vision reality" even mean? There's 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 no real <laughs> clarity there, right? You could apply so right. many different meanings to that. So, uh, it's important to make sure that we use simple language that communicates exactly the value proposition. And we'll talk a little bit more about the construction of those position statements in a second. But to bring it back around to these to this list, another one was specializing in people like you, uh, which frankly is super vague. We want to we want to talk to a specific market segment of the market to call out our target client base rather than just saying it's everybody innately. So to me, that does make a lot of sense, Detroit portrait photographers. uh, And then the subtext was portrait studio and even photography or event photography services. Uh, Another one was Detroit headshot photographer, pretty basic, the headshot experts, professional headshots. That was another one. Um, And, you know, establishing ourselves as the leader in a particular space is one way to go about establishing a brand position. Um, It's a gutsy move, and you've got to actually back it up, uh, and it's a challenging one. It's not necessarily one that I would recommend, but nonetheless, this particular company tried to do that. Creative branding and headshot photographer was another one. Uh, Your life moments captured beautifully, pretty basic, kind of vague. Uh, Headshots Detroit was another one. The art of real estate, uh, and then subtext was impress sellers, inspire buyers. Another one was Detroit professional photographer specializing in headshots and personal brand. Uh, and that's a pretty good position statement that it names the marketplace. Um, it certainly states that they are a professional photographer. And it says what element uh, or what genre that they specialize in. Um, so, so pretty good copywriting. Another one was corporate and executive portraits. And that's pretty specific. Uh, so not, not terrible. But could be elaborated on just a little bit. Another one was portraits that get you noticed... Uh, and I I like that one to be honest, Chris. I it's it's relatively simple, but in a in a creative way that is also still clear. They're saying, hey, I take pictures of you that are gonna get people's attention. You talked earlier about the engagement piece, mm-hmm. um, and I just I really like this because it's all of let's see one two three four five words. Five words. And th- in fact, they'd even have to say headshots. Now, if, if they wanna do headshots, they would wanna put that in the copy on their website so that for the sake of SEO, they get found. But I, it, this is a, and for all of our listeners as well, and, and viewers, this is a brilliant position statement because it communicates very, very clearly, but creatively simultaneously. And that's a tough thing to do. So I, I just wanted to highlight that. I think it's a great example. Uh, just a couple more professional headshots for business professionals, actors, and models. Another one who said professional headshot photography. Another said modern headshots for models, actors, politicians and business owners in Detroit, Michigan. And then subtext was want to look your best question mark. Photography for the quality minded. Eh, uh, This is a tough one. And and the reason I kind of cringe here is because quality is kind of like price. Everybody talks about it. And so it's not very distinctive. And so it's not something I would recommend to, to most photographers. Uh, the subtext there was commercial advertising and business photographer. And then the last one was head, the headshot photographer for people who don't like to pose now that, that, and the one that I mentioned earlier, honestly, I are pretty brilliant. This one, the headshot photographer for people who don't like to pose. So when, when somebody thinks about a headshot photographer, in some cases they might think of some, you know, stuffy guy that comes in and he's really formal and stiff and boring and, and you don't want to spend time interacting with this this personality. And, and this person, and, and not only that, but you got to sit in these weird, uncomfortable positions, and, and it's annoying and frustrating. This photographer dispels that whole notion with their mm-hmm. position statement, and it's brilliantly done. They talk about the genre. They talk about the difference that they, the, the value proposition, the unique value proposition their business brings. For, for people and they also talk to the target market. It's anybody who wants a portrait who doesn't like to pose, which is a pretty big marketplace, but it's brilliantly told. The only thing that they didn't, they didn't do there was to call out the the actual location, uh, which of course mm-hmm. they could have done in other texts on, on their page. So it's not, not a loss by any means, but that was a really strong position statement. Anyway, those are some examples. Uh, in fact, all the ones that I could find in the first three, four pages of results, what are your initial thoughts as you're hearing some of those?
1: Um. wow I mean I, I, I'm not sure that I have a whole lot of words to put behind it I mean it sounds like uh, my competition uh, knows where they're going <laughs> put it that way um, but they don't they, they may not have the words to put just like I don't have the words to put behind it I mean I kind of hmm. like my tagline I have used a different tagline in the past Um, that I kind of went away from it was uh connecting your image to your mission hmm, um okay. and it just it felt starched to me you know real stiff and so i kind of and that's not really what i was looking for i'm looking for yeah. more of that just like uh the, that last one i was looking for that more relaxed um you know that conversation piece so um and so i'm, I'm still kind of working on Ooh massaging what um what that's gonna look like sorry i lost
0: my ear (laughs) pulling stuff out yeah (laughs) okay yeah we're we're back together we're good no that makes sense is is there any initial as you're hearing the statements the copy that that the other photographers are writing do you have any initial thoughts of how you would want to contrast what they're saying because that's part of the goal here right and again for for the sake of our listeners and audience we, the goal here with a position statement is to stand in distinction to what somebody else is saying. And I know that you've talked about branding photography. That's something that you do and that's something you can continue to do. It's just a matter of not saying the same thing or communicating the same value proposition that another, um, uh, excuse me, branding photographer would communicate. But any initial thoughts on how you might contrast what is being said?
1: Um, well, <laughs> uh, again, going back to nailing it down to you know five words um i don't but you know if i'm sitting here thinking about it again i want to uh have their experience to be fun Mm -hmm. uh i want their experience uh, in the end game i want them their experience to be effective um as far as the uh engagement that they get out of it um uh you know something Earlier you like talked
0: about fa- the, a couple of words one was fast and one was easy what are those two words yep. do you like the best
1: um which ones do i like the best or which ones do i think my ideal client likes the best fair, fair <laughs> that's question. another different question yeah, i think a, a that question i think that my ideal client is going to want easy
0: mm, okay
1: because easy to them also means um, efficient. Not necessarily just moving through the going through the motions very quickly, but getting a high quality product in a quickly a quick in in a shorter period of time as as most. I guess that's the best way to describe it.
0: Yeah, and the last thing that we wanna do is use the word efficient, right? Like would come off super stuffy and and right. kind of defeat the whole purpose like you were talking about creating a, a more fun, more relaxed environment. Um, okay, so easiest, and that's great. And, and I'm glad you bring it back around too. What does the client actually wanna hear? What What's gonna resonate most, most with them? Um, so before we talk about potential messaging here, just very quickly for the sake of the audience and, and our conversation here, few ways potentially to establish a clear and distinct brand position where we're thinking about how to write the copy. One is to offer a service that doesn't exist. Uh, that's a tough thing to do. And in your case, you're offering a service that does exist in your marketplace. So that's not relevant at this point. The sec- second thing to do would be to uh, be the first to own a particular position. So the service may be in existence in your marketplace but nobody's actually owning it. In this case, again, irrelevant because there are other photographers that are talking about headshot photography. The, the third direction to go would be to offer a variation of a service. And in this case, this is kind of what we're talking about. You're gonna offer a headshot photography uh, to the corporate world and, and, and for branding clients, but what about that headshot photography makes your headshot experience unique to other photographers? The variation on the service, I think, is where the, the most value lies, at least based on our conversation so far. And then the fourth option for everybody listening in as well Is to name a particular target market. This is the example that I always give on 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 our conversations about this. But if I was a wedding photographer still in Chattanooga, um, I could the, the variation on the service would be black and white wedding photography. So I could say black and white wedding photography for Chattanooga couples. Or if I wanted to call out a particular target market, I could say black and white wedding photography for Chattanooga skateboarders, for example. And that would be a very niche marketplace, target marketplace, and probably so much so that I wouldn't have enough business in Chattanooga and I'd have to broaden that to maybe a region or the state um, or or otherwise. But that would be an example of calling out a particular target market um, that you wanna serve if you really, really wanna niche down. So again, just for the sake of context and conversation, that's, uh, I just wanted to share those potential four different directions you can go when it comes to establishing a brand position. I think we're we're narrowing it down though for yours, and it did, it is a variation on a service. That mm-hmm. what would you what would you think about doing something just as simple as saying the easiest headshot experience in Detroit? Just calling it exactly what it is. What comes to mind when you hear that? Um,
1: I'm not so sure. I'm, I'm I'm I I like the the easiest. Okay while i do offer what i believe to be the easiest solution Mm. um i think it's you know maybe if we pulled out our thesaurus and found a different word for easiest (laughs) is, is i'm thinking you know but you know maybe maybe my clientele is looking for the easiest um and that that
0: well, so what would thinking, another word be? Yeah, so while you're thinking about that, I, I, what I did, and I'll go ahead and pull up this website too. This is one that I recommend to our audience. Powerthesaurus.org uh, is a really great thesaurus too. I know there are a million of them out there, but I, I like this one for, the, if, if for no other reason than the variety of, of words that you get from it. So simple is one word that pops up. Comfortable, effortless, easygoing, light, straightforward, smooth, soft, uncomplicated um undemanding i didn't even realize that was a word you could say that undemanding okay <laughs> that's right yeah uh, gentle relaxed slow leisurely <laughs> facile definitely don't want to go that way painless calm uh, promiscuous definitely not the direction we want to go mild piece of cake unhurried tranquil and, and so forth i mean th- there's a list here and again the, right, the uh, yeah. website is power thesaurus but any of those initial words strike a chord
1: i kind i kind of like that effortless ah okay effortless um so how could we massage that around so the most effortless headshot experience in detroit that's that's pretty wordy
0: it is a little bit yeah so as we're as we're taking notes here on um let's see effortless 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 headshots in detroit yeah, I would want to think on this, but I think, I think you're, you land on a word because you're, you're talking about the ease of interaction with you as the photographer there, the quickness of that, you, you talked about efficiency earlier. And again, we're not going to use that word cause it sounds too stuffy, but the efficiency of the experience and then the quick delivery after the fact. And you know, this is where I went with why, why fast really struck a chord for me anyway, was because you think about a corporate, or a corporation, just period, or a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, or a business owner, and especially the A-type personalities that are just go, 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 go. I need it right, I need it yesterday. That mentality, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that you're gonna be serving that are that way. And when you can tell them, you know, headshots, easiest headshots for you in 48 hours, or something to that effect, that that would probably resonate with a lot of those clients. Not only is the experience being photographed quick and easy, but ultimately they're getting their pictures back, and quicker turnaround time than anybody else is offering them and that's that's really really powerful stuff any any additional words that might come to mind as we're talking about that
1: no i'm still flip-flopping between effortless and easy (laughs) you know because i I do like i do like the effortless it's not as simplistic as easy but i also like you know maybe, maybe i do like easy in fact that in the fact that it is simplistic.
0: Well, from, from yeah. a wording standpoint, and, and you know, one of the things, I didn't mention this during our conversation, I think I alluded to it before we started today, but for our listeners as well, these brand position consultations, the goal is to at least move in a direction. And we have a very clear direction here. Sometimes we don't land on an exact phrase while while we're doing the broadcast itself. Um, the, as far as wording is concerned, the easiest headshot experience in Detroit is it, it's easy. It rolls off the tongue. It is a little bit on the long side. I would say we want to shoot for no longer than six to eight words. When somebody lands on our website within the matter, a matter of three to five seconds, and, and I would, I would lean toward the three seconds because people's attention span is, is short and our ability to be able to read is a lot quicker. Even those that claim to be slow readers, a lot quicker than, than we even realize sometimes, so we'd land on that head on, on that website above the fold, which means you know, before we start scrolling, and whether it's on a mobile site or it's on our desktop laptop, immediately want to be communicate that message, and so we want to make it as short as possible. And I know you know that, we've talked about that idea, but just for our listeners' sake. So 68 words, um, and trying to narrow this, this message down, focusing on the notion of effortless or easy. I, I want to do a little bit of brainstorming as well, Chris, and I'm gonna take some time over the next 24, 48 hours and come up with two or three, four phrases and, and send those to yeah. you so you've got them. But I think as far as the direction goes, you've already established the model. And I think the model is brilliant. And I would say jump on this before anybody else does and run with it. I think the pricing associated that is with that is also an interesting question, not one that we'll get into today, but um, also to, something to think about when we're talking about a volume process, a quick turnaround time, um, what does pricing look like in that realm in order to attract clients, but also to match the service that's being offered. That's an interesting thing to think about. But I think the messaging we're, we're moving in the right direction. And I think you've got a really fascinating model in that regard.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm glad I took the direction I did <laughs> yeah. when I left uh, school portrait photography. I came back here to be with my family and, uh, I saw about 10 different types of photography that I could do. Um, and I said, I can't do, I can't be a photographer that does everything. I just don't want to do that so um, I actually hired a business consultant um, a business coach and we narrowed it down to this because it is my niche it is what I've done for 20 years and I can do it in a business environment as well as I can go back to schools so it's very it's a very familiar piece for me you know
0: You were talking, I think you even mentioned the word there as you were talking professionals, effortless portraits for Detroit professionals. Does that resonate? Yeah. How how many words is that? One, two, three, four. So five, what is that? Yeah. Five words. I think we're moving in the right direction with that. I'm going to experiment with that just a little bit. Um, and, and we'll save, I've written that one down. I'm going to come up with maybe two or three other options as well. I'll make sure to send those to you. And then for our listeners, if you're curious. Uh, we'll post the, the, the final product, what we land on in the show notes at BocaPodcast.com once this episode goes live here in the next couple of weeks. Um, we'll make sure to do that. But Chris, I'll, I'll make sure to follow up here in the next 24, 48 hours. Just briefly before we go, just a couple of minutes, we talked earlier, I just mentioned earlier, um, and you actually discussed this with me as well, your website, looking to kind of refine the experience. In your website are you are you working currently with a developer to to put that website up there are you using a, a template of some kind or a service what's your solution
1: i use uh, uh photo biz okay which started out as a, a template and i've customized the temp the template that they gave me so many times that it okay. could actually they could probably put it out there under its a new, its own name <laughs> So <laughs> can make some um, because it's it no, no longer looks like what the original template was um but i love poto biz as far as working with them Mm -hmm. their their customer service is is very uh it's awesome and they are really listeners to their clients okay um and what i mean by that is uh they have incorporated a lot of features that you find in other crms Okay. Um, these days, uh, that you can do all through the Photo be- Biz uh, website. Um, as far as content that I'm putting out there, um, I have worked with a few people, um, and we've massaged things around a lot. I believe that a website is a a living, breathing entity that changes daily. <laughs> um, not maybe not quite that often, but it <laughs> it changes quickly they can um, just to keep up with people and you know to make sure that that actually Google realizes that you're still alive you know if you you can't put a website out there and and just let it go and expect uh, Google to hit you with some ratings so you kind of have to change things around Um, I'm working with somebody here currently I'm working with somebody locally on copy and that type of thing so okay helps me out quite a bit
0: yeah, as far as the look and feel of the site, I, one of the things that immediately came to mind, um, and I, first of all, I'm good friends with uh, the guys over at, at Showit, the team over at Showit uh, websites, which is a pretty robust system that allows a lot of customization, whether you do that yourself or you have a designer do that. Uh, the other, the other solution that I always recommend to photographers, I have two or three websites on it right now, is Squarespace, um, because mm. it is it is as pl- about a plug and play as you can get. I mean, literally. I can, in fact, the other day, I think I put together a website with a span of like an hour, maybe two hours of, from signing up that created the website. I, you know, put images out there, had copy it's, it is so easy to use. And for the sake of not only modernizing, uh, but also ultimately updating the site to reflect this message. Um, I, I would I would just throw that out there as a possibility. If you've got a good company that you're working with currently, and there's actually a team that's, that's helping take care of you, that's wonderful. And I wouldn't want to suggest taking them away. But I think a, a more modern look, a simple, clean, kind of minimalist look even. Uh, also with pictures that are a little bit bigger, uh, might highlight your work a little bit more effectively. Because a lot of the, the images on your site are small and even tiny in some cases, really, really small thumbnails. And I think it might be cool to highlight the quality of your work by bring those images up, the size of the images up just a little bit, uh, making it more image centric. Text is super important for SEO and certainly for at least guiding the client through what is the experience of Christian headshots. Um, but we also wanna make sure that it's not so much that it gets in the way of, of what you know the task at hand, which is to, to showcase your images mm-hmm. and then ultimately encourage them to book you. So um, kind of a, a balance there. Uh, and just make sure and you're already doing this on the current site and i think even just looking let me actually just pop over here back to to the browser yeah i think if if we go to the mobile version here i I like to do this and just kind of drag and drop yeah even the mobile version that that the uh, position statement that you currently have there build your brand with professional headshots is there above the fold which is brilliant this is not something that a lot of photographers have done so you're you've already got it in a great place there. Now it's just a matter of refining this new potential brand position that we were talking about. And with whatever updates you make to the site, just make sure that that position statements there top of of the site above the fold. They immediately see that when they land on it and then make sure that that message is copied to every other social media platform you're on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you might be, just make sure it's consistent across the board and then deliver on that experience. And I'll just add this and I promise we're stopping here. So I won't keep you any longer, but with, with that position statement. Um, and I'm going to, by the way, I'm, and I, I recommend this book to everybody. Um, have, have you met, have, have you read uh, marketing made simple Donald Miller? Uh, yeah, I have. You have. Okay. So I, yeah. I, I was going to get to that book if you hadn't, but if go, go back to marketing made simple and I'd recommend this to everybody listening in, even if you're just reviewing a site that you're really happy with and you already have good conversion on, but Donald does a really good job in that book of making very, very practical Uh, the how-to process of setting up a website, particularly the homepage, in a way that converts really, really well. And they've proven this model over and over and over and over again with the clients that they've worked with. Um, It's a very simple model, so it's not overly complicated and difficult to set up. But my suggestion would be go back to that. I think it's one or two chapters in particular in that book where he talks about how to lay out the site, and uh, particularly the homepage of the site and follow mm-hmm. that, use that. And one of the things that would be innate to that, especially if you look at business, I think it's businessmadesimple.com is their website, and you'll see this. In fact, let's just jump over there really quick. Let me, I'm gonna pull this up and then uh, I'll share my screen. Businessmadesimple.com, I think that's right. Okay, cool, yeah, I'm gonna pull this up here on the, on the uh, screen for anybody who's watching live. So what's interesting here, and you'll, you'll notice a number of things, especially if you take a look at the book, Marketing Made Simple, but Definitely clear calls to action, next steps. And and Donna Miller talks about the importance of not soft sells, but getting somebody to commit to really taking a step. And in this case, they're selling a course or a system and it's not like learn more, it's get access. They're encouraging them to actually commit in that point. You know, at the very least as photographers, what we can do is um, say schedule a consultation. Uh, if, if you don't think that, book now is a call to action that would convert effectively or from experience it won't convert effectively at least getting them to commit to scheduling a consultation of some type phone or otherwise is a good call to action but he's got clear calls to action one two uh, well and three times technically with the play the trailer the video but the position statement is there take the mystery out of growing a business and he has subtext get a step-by-step plan to grow a business that works and then when you scroll down Um, What he has, he builds on the concept, and again, he talks about this in the book, but he builds on the position statement of the brand. It says, growing a business should not be a mystery. Without the practical skills, you need to grow a business and advance your career. It's going to cost you. And then he talks about what it will cost the potential customer if they don't use his service. But Mm -hmm. nonetheless, what, what I was getting to here is... You have, an, you have the opportunity not only to clearly communicate that brand position statement that, that you land on, that we ultimately refine from what we talked about today, uh, but then to build on that. So if, if you say, just as an example, let's just say that you go with effortless portraits for Detroit professionals or something to that effect. Underneath that, you can have a little bit of subtext, potentially even build on that idea. It could be one line, maybe two lines at the most, um, which speaks to the, the experience. Um, five, you know, and I'm just making numbers up here for the sake of conversation, five minute session, uh, 48 hour turnaround time and the happiest clients, headshot clients in Detroit or something to that effect. But you're actually speaking to the, you're building on the value proposition. It's, it's one thing to say it's the most effortless experience. Another thing to be able to communicate specifically why, and now people are drawn in, if, if I knew I could get, sit down and get a headshot and whatever it is, five minutes, 10 minutes, and I'm going to get the finished product back in 48 hours. Sold, done, and if the price point matches, it makes sense to me for that experience, even more so. I'm sold mm-hmm. immediately. Right. Um, right. So I would keep that in mind as well. I'm going to recommend because I'm not a professional brander, if you will, um, but and, and certainly not a site designer. But go go to that section in Donald's book because the recommendations he makes yeah. there are really wonderful. It's very, very easy to follow. And for everybody listening in, again, marketing made simple. Highly recommend that book. Sure. Any any sure. last minute thoughts, Chris, um, before we go here?
1: No, I've enjoyed this. Uh, I think that uh, I'm moving in a great direction. Um, kind of like I said in the very beginning, it's was kind of, uh, it's a live, you know, it's a living, breathing thing. So I kind of needed is. to, you know, feed it is what I need to do. So.
0: Well, honestly, you did the heavy lifting here. I mean, it, it, I got excited. I think it was like 10 minutes into the conversation when you started talking about the model. So you, you've you got the model in mind. Now it's a matter of just clarifying the message so that you can take that to the website and then and then just communicating all of that, right? Updating the website sure. to reflect that business model and following through on that experience. And honestly, just looking at your competition, certainly the messaging, but your competition in general, looking at the various websites, I think you've got a, a really convincing model here that's gonna start to convert really, really well. So major props to you for that. You did the heavy lifting. Um, Thank for everybody you very listening much. in, make sure to go to Chris You can also go to pitcher dude, um, on Instagram. We'll make sure to link to these, of course, in the show notes at bocopodcast.com. Follow Chris, give him a shout out and encouragement. And uh, Chris, thanks again for making time for all of us today. Great. Thank you very much.